You are now listening to Zikaek Podcast, proclaiming the gospel, Jesus as Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Common King. Shall we open our Bibles in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 6? And then somewhere along in the middle of the sermon, we will also be reading um, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. But for now, at the very beginning part, let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1. Verses 1 to 6. I'll read from the New American Standard Bible, 1995 edition. The word of the Lord says, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by this, He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason... Also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Beginning tomorrow, our Christian education department of Zikaek will be conducting a daily vacation Bible school up to the 27th of the month. VBS is something that we hold every year, but something that we did not do last year because of the pandemic. And this time we are still in the pandemic, and yet we thought about it, and the C director thought about it. We need to do something in the midst of this pandemic. And so it was decided that we will conduct a VBS this time. But for the very first time, it's going to be a full online vacation Bible school. Now, in the previous years, every time we held the VBS here, we gathered around 400 children. We ministered to them. We shared the gospel to them. We helped them understand the will of God in their lives. And then when the pandemic set in, we cannot do that anymore. However, it is becoming more and more exciting this time that we went online because it goes beyond the limitation of space here in our city. So, in, in fact, if you imagine about the, the physical VBS that we did in the previous years, we only catered the members of the church and some children from our outreaches within Sambuanga City. But since we have decided to do it online... There were several individuals who enrolled their children, even if they are not from Samuanga City. There are parents who contacted us from Manila, and they are, they are enrolling their children to be part of the DVBS. Also, just this afternoon, there was there is a, a parent who registered their children, and they came from Mount Apo area. So we, are, we, we go beyond the borders of the physical limitation. We are online and it has given us a possibility to cater many, many children from the different parts of the Philippines. And I tell you, there, is, there are even people who enroll their children 
from the United States that makes the influence of God through Zikaek going global. And I believe God is going to do greater things in the lives of these little children. Well, as we do this, there are some people who would think, well, the VBS or Vacation Bible School is just another activities for children. But don't underestimate it. Because when God plants His gospel in the life of a person, no matter how, how, how old that how young the child is, or no matter how old is an adult, when the gospel of God is planted in the lives of the people around, in due time, God is going to harvest what belongs to him. I remember a story of a very young boy many, many years ago. This is a true, a true story. He never stepped on a church because his parents were not going to church. One day, his neighbor, who happened to be a playmate of this young boy also, invited him to visit their church because they were conducting a VBS, a Vacation Bible School. And the boy became curious about it. And so he decided to join his friend. He went to the church and then attended the Vacation Bible School. He liked it because it became an avenue for him to add more friends and it made him connected with a community. So he liked the idea. He liked what happened during the VBS. After that week, he said, I would like to go back to the church. And so he shared this to his friend. And his friend told him, just tell me because we have a driver in our church. And I can tell him to pick you up from your house. And then he can drive you back home after the service. And so this boy said, yeah, that's good. So I will attend this Sunday. So he was picked up by the driver, brought to the church, attended the service. After the service, he was brought back home. He said, this is my first time to attend a regular worship service in a church. A very young boy. After that week, he said, I want to go back to the church. And so the driver was contacted again, and he went there to pick him up, brought him to the church. The same thing happened brought him back home. The third Sunday, he went there again. And it became a regular part of his week, as young as he was. He kept on attending the church. And then, he continued counting the number of attendants that he made at the church. Because he got so excited about it. So he continued until the 400th time that he visited the church it was the moment when God opened his heart and mind and he understood the gospel and the love of Jesus that this young boy opened his heart to the gospel and he accepted Christ into his life as his Lord and as his Savior. When that happened, the driver never stopped picking him up, bringing him back home. Years had passed this guy grew not only physically, but he grew in his walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he became one of the most prominent apologists of the 20th, 21st century. He wrote several books. One of those is Christian Apologetics, and he also wrote a systematic theology about Christianity. This guy I'm talking about is no other than Dr. Norman Geisler. He passed away last 2019. Well, the story of this person is so interesting because as young as he was, 
he star- started attending the church through VBS. He grew and no, no one ever thought that God will use him to reach out to the world, especially in the 21st century. Nobody thought of it. But I have noticed someone in the story that I have related to you that contributed a lot in the spiritual growth of this person. Who is that guy? Is it the Sunday school teacher? I believe the Sunday school teacher contributed a lot to the life of this boy who became later Dr. Norman Geisler. Is it the pastor who preached in that church? Most likely, he became an influence also in the life of Dr. Norman Geisler. But here is someone, someone who faithfully did his job, a very simple thing that God asked him to do. I'm talking about the driver. Every morning after that VBS experience, every Sunday morning, Dr. Geisler would, uh, he was not a doctor back then, he was a young boy. As a young boy waited for the driver to pick him up, bring him to the church and bring him back home. Now here is a what if. What if the driver stopped picking him up from his house going to church on the 29th attendance supposedly to the church? What if the driver stopped somewhere along the counting of the 100th time? What if the driver didn't go back to him to pick him up on that Sunday na sana pang 400 na na? What would happen to him? What could have happened to Norman Geisler? We don't exactly know. Probably God would raise someone to pick him up, but there is also a possibility that he will get discouraged of what is happening around him because nobody is going to pick him up. Imagine you are ready to go to church and that person that you are expecting to come and pick you up did not appear. It could be a discouragement on his part. But kudos to that driver who never stopped picking up Norman, going to church after the service, bringing him back home. How many of us here can do simple things very consistently that you and I will never get tired of doing it? Sometimes the thing that we are doing is so simple that we begin thinking this is very insignificant that I would not do it anymore. How much more, how much more if there is a pressure applied on the thing that you are doing? How much more if in the kind of task that is given to you is involving a pressure that presses you in your situation? The most possible thing that a normal human being would do is this. I'll stop doing this. I'll stop doing this. I won't do this anymore. Other than that, nobody's noticing this. The pressure is there. I don't like pressure. Because normally people don't like pressure in life. Now Peter is admonishing something, a virtue, to the believers here. He said, to your faith, you add or you, you supply moral excellence. To your moral excellence, you supply knowledge to your knowledge, you supply self-control. And then to self-control, you supply perseverance. That's what we're going to talk about this evening. Perseverance. Peter was advocating that a believer must develop perseverance in his life. Well, I look at the text and he did not explain further as to what he meant by this word. The only thing that I see here is that perseverance is part of the virtue that a Christian should possess. And it is directly related to the idea of self-control that he related earlier. But what does he really mean with the word perseverance? So because he did not explain it further, 
I tried to check on how the other New Testament writers use the same word. And I discovered that Paul himself, the Apostle Paul, used that word several times in the same sense. Okay? So we will be looking at those, one of his writings of Paul that he used the term perseverance. Let us look at Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to 5. He said here, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into His grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. Take note of that word. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Spirit, who he has, whom was given to us. Now, Paul also used the same term, perseverance. You go to the Greek text, it's exactly the same word that he used. Now, here is something that I have noticed. Because if you look at these five verses in the book of Romans chapter 5, Paul was actually relating to the believers some benefits. Benefits of having been justified by faith. Now, during the noontime service, I explained about what he meant by this justified by faith. We are all guilty of the sins that we have committed before God. But Jesus died for us on the, on the cross at Calvary. Out of the death that he had experienced at the cross, that act of Christ justified our sinfulness, our mistakes. He paid for the penalty of our sins. That is why when the Holy God looks at us, he chooses not to look at our sins because we have been justified. Okay? So take note of that. We have been justified. And because we have been justified through Christ, we have benefits as believers. One of those is stated in verse 1 of Romans 5. We have peace with God. The second benefit is still in, chapter, in this same chapter in verse 2. We have hope in God. Paul said we exult in our hope in hope of the glory of God. And then not only we, that we exult in the hope of the glory, in the glory of God, but he continued in verses 3 and 4 saying, we also exult in the tribulation. And then lastly, in verse 5, he said, we are experiencing the love of God. Now let's zero into the third one when he said, let us, we also exult in tribulation. What does he mean by this? Because it's along this line that he mentioned perseverance. Now take note, he used the word tribulation. Tribulation means something that is difficult, something that might even take away your very own life. It is a, it's a moment of great danger in a person's life. When a tribulation happens, this is not only mere suffering, but something that is so difficult to go through. Were, were there things really happening back then in their time that were so difficult that they considered tribulation? Yes. Christians back then were persecuted by many non-believers. You go to the background of the book of Mark, you would see there that Nero the king, that time, a Roman a king in that particular city, burned the entire city. And his reason, scholars said that he is a lunatic, however... Out of that incident, he told the authorities, it's the Christians who burned the city. And that is why the authorities ran after the Christians. 
Many of them were made as torches along the road. Sipin mo, sunugin ka ng buhay. So there were a lot of tribulations taking place in the world of the New Testament. Now you ask me, how did Peter die? Why is he advocating perseverance? Did he persevere something in his life back then? Yes. How did he die? He died through crucifixion. And when he was about to be crucified, he said, if you are going to crucify me, I do not have the honor to die as my Savior died. Jesus died through this, also crucifixion. But Peter said, if you crucify me, I do not have that kind of honor to die as he died. So why don't you crucify me upside down? He was crucified upside down. He died. How about Paul? Paul also was advocating the same word, perseverance. In relation to tribulation, Paul also died. Scholars are saying most likely he died in Rome. He was beheaded. Reason? He was preaching the gospel. It was for that reason that lives were taken among the New Testament believers. So when you talk about tribulation, when you talk about suffering, these New Testament writers were so, so familiar of sufferings. And that is why he mentioned to the, they mentioned to the believers, you know, as followers of Christ, it is a necessity that a believer must develop perseverance in our life. Now here is the catch. The word perseverance is mentioned within, the, within the, the description called tribulation, within that moment. Is it really necessary to have a tribulation for you to experience perseverance or to develop perseverance? The answer to that question is yes. Without pain, without suffering, perseverance is not possible to develop in a person's life. Without pressure, now I'm using the word pressure because if you look at the root meaning of the word perseverance in the Greek text, you will discover that its root meaning means something like this, to remain under. To remain under what? To remain under the person that applies pressure on you. To remain under the circumstance that applies or that causes pressure on your life. In other words, if you imagine about pressure in the context of tribulation, many people would think of pain and suffering whenever it confronts us the most common. We're still under the series Beyond Common. The most common response of individuals when suffering would happen is this. Run away. We run away from pain. We run away from pressure. We don't like pressure. I remember a parent conversing with me he discovered one time that when he looked at the card, report card of his child, he said, Bakit puro acha? Porque puro mante acha? Sabi ustedes ko sa kaila acha? Line of seven. Habla lang el bata ako nele. No. No kerio pressure pa. Okay as si seven, basta hindi lang kay. The child doesn't like pressure. Even adults, we don't like pressure. Right? That is why I've been hearing individuals working in a certain establishment and later you would hear, where are you now? I, I left already that workplace, Pastor. I'm working in this company. Why? Very high on pressure done. Well, here is something that I would like to tell every one of us. Anywhere you go, there is pressure. 
Even if you just stay at home, there is pressure. Especially if you graduated already, you stay at home, I tell you, your mom will pressure you to find a job. There will always be pressure wherever you go. And the most common response that we do is run away from it, escape from it. And if we do that all the time, we will never learn and we will never develop perseverance in our lives. Thus pressure, tribulation, all of these are necessary elements so that a believer will develop perseverance they put in. No pressure, no tribulation, no perseverance. And the tendency is if there is no perseverance that develops deep within, we will keep on running from one job to another. We will keep on running from one relationship to another. We will keep on running from responsibilities if we don't learn to embrace pressure. And so the advice for all of us tonight, coming from the writings of both Peter and Paul, is very simple. When pressure comes, embrace it. Don't just embrace it, endure it. Because when you embrace it and when you endure it, it is the moment that would lead to the development of perseverance deep within you. I'll repeat. When pressure comes, don't run from it. When pressure comes, embrace it. When it's there already, don't just embrace it, endure it. Because through the endurance of that pressure, that perseverance is developed deep within a person's life. And later you will go through the same or similar situation. And because you already develop perseverance deep within you, you won't easily give up. People who run away from pressure are individuals who easily give up. Why? Because perseverance is never developed within. Don't run away from it. Peter and Paul are saying, you need that. You need that. In order for you to develop that in your life, embrace the pressure. Embrace the tension. Endure the pressure. And perseverance will develop deep within. You cannot have it without the pressure. Hindi mo pwedeng bilhin yun. It develops within through the pressures we go through. Someone said, you would never learn in life unless you are ushered into difficult situations. The greatest learnings often come from the difficult experiences. Take note of that. Pressure. We don't like it, but it is important in developing perseverance. There was one time a preacher who was pressured by one of the leaders of the church. After his preaching, after the service, his leader approached him and said, Pastor, let me tell you this. Something is really wrong with your preaching of the word. You know why I said that to you? Because I was evaluating the number of congregation that we have, individuals in the congregation, for the entire year, we only have one convert. Young boy patalaga. Only one. So there must be something wrong with how you preach the word pastor. The pastor was surprised about that comment. And he said, well, to be honest with you, I also noticed that there is only one convert out of the 56 weeks last year. 
Ilang bang weeks isang taon? 52, 56. Basta 50 plus. And the pastor noticed that too. Sabi niya sa leader niya, but to be honest with you also, I tried my very best. Every time I make a sermon or a Bible study material, I study the text so well, and it is accompanied by a very fervent prayer to my God. So I did my best. However, that's the only result that I have. And then the leader said, well, you think about it. So the leader left. The pastor was carrying that in his heart. On the following Sunday, he had a heavy heart already during, even before the service started. Because he saw this person who applied pressure on him. However, he's the pastor. He doesn't have any choice. He's the one who's going to preach. And so he preached the word again. After the service, the leader, the same person, went to him. And while the person was approaching, When the leader approached him, You know, pastor, as I have observed, there's something wrong with your preaching. It's a sad comment from a member of the church. And so the pastor was feeling the pain deep within. He went home, prayed to the Lord, and began asking God, Do you really want me to stay with this congregation? Or you, you really want, you, do you want to leave me? Uh, do you want me to leave already from this church? Just give me a sign, Lord. The following Sunday, of course, he was the pastor. He's the one who is expected to preach. And he is there, ready to preach the word, despite the pain deep within. Despite the pressure from that leader. He continued preaching the word. After the service, the leader approached him again. And said the same words. The pastor's, what is this heart, was becoming even heavier and heavier. He went back to his parsonage and prayed again, Lord, I really cannot hold this anymore. Please give me a sign. Because I don't want to make a decision to leave this church because of the pressure that I am feeling right now. But I want to know your will. And the Lord was silent. Just give me a sign, Lord. The following Sunday, again, he had to preach because he's the pastor. He stood behind the pulpit and delivered the word of God. After the service, the deacon approached him, that leader, and told him, Pastor, you know, what I'm say, you know what I'm about to say already. And the pastor's heart was still very heavy for him when suddenly that young boy, the only convert for the entire year, approached him. And the boy said, Pastor, if I'm going to study my lesson in school this time, do you think someday I can become a pastor like you? Or maybe a missionary. And the pastor looked at the boy. And deep within his heart, he said, Is this the sign, Lord? Is this the sign? It is, is this the sign that I am staying and endure and persevere? The pastor made a decision. I'll stay. Despite the pressure that he received from that leader. Many, many, many years later, a missionary from Africa went back home to London. That missionary was one of the highly respected missionaries in the field. Preachers would quote him 
people will mention his name every time missions is being talked about. Whenever he goes back home to London, the nobles would invite him to their houses. People are talking about this missionary. That missionary actually is Robert Moffat. He is the boy who asked the pastor, do you think I can become a pastor like you someday? That pastor persevered. That's a, a true story. I'm not just making this up. That's a true story that can happen even in churches. Your pressure happens anywhere in the world. It can happen while you are conversing with your, with your friends. It can happen when you are staying in the home while you are taking your dinner. It can happen while you are riding your a jeep. It can happen even when you are driving your motorcycle. It happens everywhere in the world. Don't escape it. Don't run away from it. When pressure takes place, embrace it, endure it. Because when that happens, God is in the business of molding your life. And he's developing perseverance deep within you. Because once you are persevering already, no matter how tough the situation may be that you would experience in life, you would always stand because you are stronger and you are better already. Never run away from pressure. Again, embrace it, endure it, and let God develop perseverance deep within you. God bless us all. You just heard a message from Zimbabwe City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekaic Ministries. God bless!